Hello, ladies and gents. You're with Adrianosaurus. I'm the coach of Rapana Rama. Oh, sorry, Jordan. I think I've jinxed him. He's got to learn to tackle with those arms, hasn't he? <laughs> Missing the first couple of games of the year. Big Jordan, Rapana. But that's the name of my team anyway this year. Tonight, we're going to be doing some team previews on the Chooks and the Parramatta Eels. And I've got one hell of a great Parramatta person on the show, and it's Billy from the All-Stars podcast. Billy, welcome to the show. Thanks, mate. Nice to be mixed up and do something different. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I'll probably, you know, won't argue and disagree with you as much as, you know, Barnsley does. But, you know, we'll, <laughs> I'm sure we'll both give our opinions on players and you know, I mean, they're two very interesting teams if we're really, you know, looking at it. So it should be fun. Uh, Barnsley and Ali does that for likes, mate. <laughs> well, I mean, I guarantee you this will be the shortest um, Chooks podcast you've ever been on <laughs> because Barnsley loves to chat about the old Chooks, doesn't he? But the only, the only Chooks spread that doesn't have a sponsorship either. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming on. It's a great pr- privilege to have you. I was saying to the Cowboy when I had him on, he was my favourite podcast, and and uh, he's obviously you know had a few years off. And once he left, you guys were my favourite podcast. So it's it's good to talk to you. I mean, you know, there's so many podcasts out there now. You know, and your you guys on All Stars is one that I make sure uh, you know I always listen to. Thanks, mate. It's nice to hear. It's um, I think we've had a few uh, good chats over the years too. Just uh. I think a bit of banter backwards and forward. So nice to see you branching out and doing your own thing too, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love Supercoach and, you know, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I started commenting on all the Supercoach, you know, live videos and all of that and people still sort of got to know me and yeah, I did branch out and I was doing something on a Sunday night, you know, looking at the round. I mean, when I first started, I was probably drinking a bit too much and a bit of tinfoil hat and a bit of whinging, but now that I'm sober, you know, I think it's become a bit more of a reputable and <laughs> easy to understand podcast, which is good. That's right, mate. I'll, co- <laughs> I'll cover the drink for you then. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, all right. Well, you're the guest. Do you want to do the chooks first or the eels? Oh, mate, go the chooks. I'll, I'll save the excitement for later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The chooks. You know, this year, obviously, we're expecting probably pretty good things from the chooks. Obviously, last year, they were decimated by injury. They get some valuable troops back, you know, this year. Uh, in, you know, players like Lindsay Collins, who was a rep player, and, and more importantly for them, I think it's Keary to take a bit of pressure off Teddy. So we're probably expecting good things from him this year. Oh, I've got him tipped in the top four personally. What about you? Uh, oh, you can't see him not being in the top four. I think the, the mere fact that Keary's back, it's, it's a no-brainer. I mean, every, every other podcast out there, every man his dog is just going to say, obviously takes the pressure off Teddy, just gives him the ball one out a bit further, and he can sort of do that step and just keep throwing it right. So... Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing Teddy in, in full fight again. I don't think the injury concerns me too much, but maybe a bit of the uh, uh, weight and age and the weight of expectation, possibly a little bit, but uh, Teddy's Teddy, mate. He's still, still a bloody good player. Yep, 100%. All right, well, let's have a look at their lineup because there are some questions, definitely, I think, for Supercoach. Anyway, we know it's going to be Teddy in the one. We know it's going to be Tupu on one wing, and we know it's going to be Mano. Manu in one of the center positions, but the other center position and one of the wings is a bit interesting. You know, Fox Sports says, you know, it's probably going to be Momorowski and maybe Naguama to start. What do you reckon it's going to be? Maybe they're chucking Naguama on the right hand side just to uh, give Suwali a bit of a break so that easy him in. Um, 
I'm pretty sure Robbo knows uh, just as well as everyone else out there that, you know, the, the right wing doesn't need to be sort of sensational. All I need to do is sort of catch the ball and fall over the line. But it's basically the same as the, uh, the Rabbitohs left edge, mate. So <laughs> yeah. Mo- Morris, Morris didn't really do anything so outstanding last year apart from you know, a couple of good runs. But uh, even when, when he wasn't there, mate, you, you saw what uh, Ikevalu did. Like he, he's... He's got he's got a bucket ass like me, mate. He he's able to fall over the line a couple of times. So all they need to do is just chuck someone there, as, basically as a placeholder, and that's the one you want to start every week. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously you know with Suwali coming over the you know the big injury with that list, Frank, maybe they don't want to rush him back. So it might give Naguama a start, and we do know that the Chooks really like Billy Smith. They've been trying to get some games into him for a few years, so he's got to be a chance. You know, if he gets you know, close to fit, you think as well. Yeah, I was talking to Barnsley about that the other day. Um, I, I'd like to see him sort of get his chance sort of straight off the bat, but he's had so many bloody injuries over the years that, you know, as, as a leader, you, you got to look after your young, your young kids. And if you've got someone that's as promising as him after so many setbacks, maybe they give him two or three or four weeks just to ease into the season. I don't know, mate. I'm not a coach. I'm not going to pretend to understand what the jokes are going to do, but... If it was me, I'd just ease the kid in and just give him a, a bit of confidence. Um, he's obviously going to be their left edge going forwards, but how, how quickly do you put him in? It's, it's not like they're a team struggling and they're, they're desperate. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, you've got Momorowski, you know, who's who's could be a goal kicker as well. And, you know, Naguama, who's very experienced. So I think that that's it. You know, they've got four quality players in there into two positions and it's going to all come down to TLT because... I, I think particularly with Smith, you know, and with Suwali, the price point's good for starting in your team, but we have to just wait to see if they're in there because that's the the key. Um, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be Walker in the six, Kiri in the seven, JWH in the eight. They'll probably start with Watson, won't they? Because old mate's suspended to start the year. Watson's already made, you know, hooker replacement to start the year. They don't need to put Radley there anymore. Um, do you think that Collins is going to start? He might come on the bench, but, you know, Fox Sports has him in the 10. Um, you've got Gus, you've got Satili, you've got Victor, the inflictor. Um, on the bench, they've got that Renoff Atoni, who's a new signing, Takiaho. It could be Kieran or maybe that Egan Butcher and probably Nat Butcher. What do you reckon about that yeah. lineup? Probably about like that. I reckon that lineup's so good that it basically negates the the uh, the possibility of only any sort of chooks forwards. But they're just they're like they're kind of like the Raiders. They they give them sort of forty five minutes. No one ever, ever gets sort of big minutes. Um, mm. Maybe Warrior Hargraves in the old days when he was sort of uh, the, the like basically the alpha. Um, you look at a bloke like Takiyaho last year when you're kind of hoping he gets maybe 50, 55 minutes with goal kicking and he's maybe an undervalued sort of bloke. But you take those things out of the equation, they, they basically just become um, a highly reputable uh, rotating pack. They're that good that Robbo, Robbo at, at any given point in time decide that you know a starter goes to the bench and it, they basically say, see the same sort of game time, minus seven or eight minutes. So, But that, from a super coach perspective, really hurts you. So... I think yeah, moral of that story is I think you're spot on the money there with that kind of lineup, but it's hard to try and find any value in any of those forwards unless you're kind of looking sort of draft and an impact player when the, when the injuries come. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a good shout. Some of the other ones in the 
you know, the list, I know that Adam Kieran's in there and he played a bit of center and he's a bit durable. He, he could take that bench spot just because they like that he covers a couple of positions. But, um, and there's some that I don't really think, they've got a really good lineup, you know, so I don't know how many are going to break in, probably maybe for a game or two, but they're not going to be super coach relevant. Um, let's start with the guns from the Chooks. There's one gun, which we all know who he is. It's Teddy, 760,100. He's in fullback. The average last year was 86.7, which is, you know, not as good as he's been. 2020 was 95, so he was a good 10 points down on that. But we do know that they, he was basically a one-man team, you know, last year. And, look, he did have a, you know, an injury game as well. So, really, the average last year was 90.3 if you take out that injury game. So, it wasn't really a bad year from Teddy last year, you know, as bad as it sort of seemed like he was going because we're comparing it to Tommy Turbo. Yeah, you put it put it in perspective too. I mean, Kiri got injured uh, pretty early as well. Um, I think it, well, I haven't looked at the numbers in front of me, front of me, but I looked at them over, over over Christmas. If you go back and have a look, pretty sure you'll find that Teddy kind of averaged uh, one twenty, one thirty pretty early last year with a, with, a, with a big one. The year the year before he was one thirty, and the year before that he was pretty good as well. So he certainly comes out of the gates pretty well. Um, over the last few years, even prior to the to the rule changes, he would always play the Tigers or a, a, a no-man's team early and he'd punch out a 30 either the first game or the second game, but the other game would be a massive ton. So he kind of offsets it pretty quickly if it comes out of the gates. And if they're back to full strength with a forward pack and, and Kiri, I've got no hesitation that, you know, he'll, he'll he'll be up there again. It's just that question of, yeah, how long is that going to maintain and do you want to take take the risk of not owning Turbo? Because everyone's going to have, have happen news and that's, no, that's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, look, Teddy's had that knee, you know, stuff over the off-season. He's looking like he's got a bit of put on him too, but I'm sure he's going to get himself right to start the year. Um, look, you know, I'm interested to have a look at Teddy just because last year, if you take that injury game out, he was 90. In this new six-again era, I felt like last year he was probably, you know, he, he, he was playing sort of winged a bit in a way because he was playing more as a half and, you know, not sort of running the way he used to, you know, linking it with the, the wingers, you know, chiming into that back line and even some of the stuff up the ruck, you know, he wasn't able to do that. So I think he could probably, I don't see him averaging near a hundred again this year. Yeah. The other thing is if you look at um, the style of play that um, Walker has, he tends to have that big, long floating ball, cut out ball over the top as, as his primary attack play, um, as well as some, some chip and small kicks. Whereas Kiri was more, you know, Here's the ball. Here's the short ball out the back, Teddy, and sweet play. So Teddy kind of missed a lot of that sweep. So I think if you bring sort of Kiri back, you'll see a lot more of that sort of short ball out the back to to the big fella. So I think you'll get more sort of sweep and attack that way. Uh, I think uh, Walker will eventually learn to sort of play sort of you know the second fiddle as well, or maybe just play that sort of right side and learn to play with Ted a bit more after watching sort of Kiri. But it's it's only his first season too, mate. So they'll they'll adjust a bit more. Um, look, you know, that's the question. Will I start with Teddy this year? You know, yes, no, maybe. I think he's a yes for sure. When you're sort of looking at the three big options that you can start the year with Turbo, um, you know, Paps and Teddy, uh, and the popular, you know, pairing is Teddy and Paps just because of price. Turbo, he costs a, a penny. And I, I've, you know, I've only done it mucking around, made a draft to myself, you know, with a Teddy, with a Turbo team. And, I just can't. I can't do it, and I don't like the look of it. So I'm, I'm on, <laughs> on the I'm on the Teddy Paps wagon this year to start the year. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I haven't done a draft with 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 Teddy and my team. I just can't start start the year without without Tom. So I'm willing to sort of pay a premium to potentially lose 25 points on average for the guarantee of a you know a hundred sort of average. Um, but um, on on the on the on the flip side of that, I mean Ted might go well, but I, there's too much too much of a risk factor there. Um, you are able to get a good team with 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 um, Tom um, in there. It's pretty easy to do. Um, it just means you you're sort of pretty lean on the bench. You kind of got to rotate. You, you have to put Aitken up at the second row and go light at the at the center three quarter. Um, it is possible to do Papin Hughes and Teddy. So Papin Hughes and Tom as well as Cleary and Harps. But you're relying on three sort of base price guys in, in the second row of the tower. Otherwise, you can't do it. Yeah, and I mean, look, that's the other thing I would say to super coaches out there is the the, the the big risk if you start with Teddy and Paps is that it's still a big reach to Tom, you know, and you may have to be resigned to the fact that you're not going to have turbo for quite a while if you do start with, you know, a Teddy-Pap combo. Um, all right, let's move on to another gun. It's in their second row, Gus, uh, Angus Crichton. I've put him in there as a gun, you know, basically on his last year's performance and, and his history. 653,200 for Angus. Um, you know, last year he averaged 74.5. He had a low of 39. He got up, you know, a high of 119. Very, you know, consistent scores. You know, we know we get that from Angus. You know, he's he sort of hovers around uh, seven scores in the 80s. You know, that's where he sort of, you know, pumps out his, his scores. Um, how are you feeling about Angus to start the year? Yeah, um, Mr. Consistent. Um, I didn't have him in any of my teams at all until about a week ago. Uh, reason is he's he doesn't have a massive ceiling, so he's not the type of guy that's going to hurt you if you don't own him. So if, if you don't own like a Cleary or a Tom or a Teddy and they go one eighty two hundred, yeah, you're cursing, you're swearing, you're screwed for a little bit, it's going to hurt you. If Angus goes, you know, massive, it's going to be like a 115 to 120 and he's not going to do it again for a few weeks. So it's easy, easy to recover. The reason why you would want him in your team, if possible, is like you said, he just has that um, consistency around the sort of 70, 75. He's possibly undervalued. Um, but if he's not, he's not really sort of overvalued. He's just around that mark. He's a guy that you can basically just save a trade on and also possibly get a leg up early because, you know, Kiri's back there full strength. Basically the same as just having, you know, a, a matter in your team when he's healthy. Like, he, he's the opposite. The, the guy that's got a, hot, the, a floor of 50, a bit of attack in him, is never going to score low on you. Um, yeah. Although, although there, the similarity between them is they do have a bit of a uh, concussion <laughs> history. <laughs> yeah, well, and Angus last year had a bit of suspension too, even though we didn't agree yeah. with all of them. But he can get a bit of a suspension. I think you put it, you know, perfectly because last year it was only one score of 100 and there was 190. You know, so he doesn't go huge, huge, but he'll he'll bang you yeah. out a you know good good one. He's got a good floor. You know, in the question of would I start with him this year? You know, I would happily start with him if if for me if it wasn't for feeder, if I was going to go a premium, he'd be the one I'd probably take. But you know, the, like you said, you know, there's players around that sort of price point: Murray, um, you know, David for feeder, Karen, Maddo, and I think they probably present some good value and could probably bang out you know a reasonably equal score to him. For a hundred yeah, people, sure. yeah, sure. I mean, the, 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 the thing is, the, yeah, I say this every year, every podcast, and every second time I talk to Barnes. I mean, the objective of the game is to get more than what you pay for. Everyone starts with what, nine, ten mil, whatever the hell about the, the salary cap is. I can't remember, but you don't get more than what you pay for. You don't win this thing. So if you're going to go get Angus Crichton in, in your team and he scores eighty every week, 
don't cheer because that's what you're paid for. You're yeah. scoring exactly the same as everyone else. All you're doing is just saving a trade there, getting some stability, um, and while you sort of build up the rest of your team. You basically want to have a couple of key guys in key positions. So, you know, obviously a good hooker, one good half, two good fullbacks, your spine, and then maybe have, you know, A, David Fafita, a Haas in there, if possible, a 2 So you've got one staple in every sort of position that's mm-hmm. going to um, give you that sort of structure. Basically, super coach is basically... Uh, the Melbourne Storm approach. Get your spine right so you can go high volatility into key positions and kick ass and then just go as cheap as fuck everywhere else mm-hmm. and then build up from there. Yep. Good chat. Yeah, I mean, I, I just put, you know, for feeder in because you can go for under 100K. And if you're going to spend up big there, you know, I think for feeder who he's go 500s last year, that's where you're going to get the big scoring, you know, yep. second row forward. Um, Same. Yeah, if we go into... You know, the sort of semi-guns, no, not really guns at all, but they're sort of mid-prices that I've seen in a few teams. Sam Walker is one of them, um, you know, and he's 545,900, halfback only. Last year, the average was 62.3. You know, I've I've got him in there with three 100s last year and three 80s as his good scores. But when it comes to Sam Walker, the reason why, you know, it, will I start with him this year? He's a no for me is there's a few low ones in there, isn't there? You know, he's bung out an 11 last year, 21, 29, you know, 38, 34, 36. He can get a low one in there. You think he'd be better for the run last year, you know, in the team. And obviously having a Kiri back is going to, you know, help him as well because he's not going to be relied on as much to run the team. Yeah, he'll be a lot better this year, but he's still going to have some stinkers in him. Um, you've got to remember, um, he's basically on sort of 10, 15 points in the first half until the, the big forwards get tired, then goes on a roll, gets you know, a couple of tries or a couple of assists, kicks a few goals and gets right up there. Um, uh, he, he basically scored all those points because he was, given the, he was given the keys to the spine. Everyone was injured. It was like, here you go, dude. Go out there and do whatever you can. And he did. So you get a full-strength team around him, they're not going to put that much pressure on the kid. He probably won't be goal-kicking. So he's basically going to be, you know, a, a director on maybe half the field, um, doing a bit of yelling and screaming out there, learning the craft, learning the team. But, but yeah, he, he, he's not going to have as... I don't, I don't reckon he's going to have as many big games as he did last year. Yeah, I agree. And he's, he's nearly 550K. So you might as well just go one of those 450 ones and get some value in that halfback position. Um, another one in there that, you know, is an interesting one, I think, is Manu, the 539,400. We know he's obviously got quality. Um, center wing, fullback uh, eligible. Last year, the average was 61.5. Um, you know, there's talk that Manu might do like what he did origin and have a bit of a roam about him. We do know that traditionally we don't love Manu in center wing. We love him at fullback or in the five, eight position. Um, he would be a left field smoky. I think if you're going to start him in the year at 539,000 and, you know, I'm not going to start him for that reason. A bit expensive for someone who hasn't been that great traditionally in the centers. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, 100%, mate. If you actually take the, the stats and do an actual breakdown, his, his biggest scores of the year were, were all at fullback or on the right-hand wing. If you put him actually in that centre position, he's useless. He, he's a brilliant footballer, but for super coach-wise, he doesn't get the, the attack points that you want there. So just quickly, if you have a – just put the numbers up in front of me. So fullback, 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 right wing, right wing. There you go. Average was 86. Mm. Very, very quick. 
very, very quickly. I'm going to take that out for you and just show you the difference because, and because it interests me, I haven't done it yet, but I just want to find out. So wing, wing, there, there you go, average 52. Average 52 right center, average basically 90 in those key, key attack positions to Chook. So you're right, don't touch him at all with a 10-foot pole to start the season, but as soon as Teddy is injured, bang, get him in. Yep, that's that's what you do with Manu. If he ever gets any games at fullback, you bring him in. I remember last year, just the first game that he got you know, in fullback, and he got a few actually games in a row. I remember Kando brought him in and got an extended run of Manu you know, in fullback and then off to the wing and he was scoring, you know, those eighties and, and, and nineties, you know, last year, but that was a, that was a lucky one for him. Um, Kiri is somebody I'm seeing in a bunch of teams, 528,400. He's dual five, eight and half back. Uh, look, it was only three games last year. And I do hear a lot of coaches talking about 75 average for Kiri. And it really just annoys me because it's such a small sample size. You got to really, you got to filter and you got to have a look at his prior performances on the years prior. And we, we know in 2020, um, you know, it was a 58 average. And I think that you've got to probably think of him more like a 60, you know, a 65 if he's improved, but he is coming back from an ACL. So you know, a lot of people have got him in, got him in their team. What do you think about Kiri this year to start the year? Well, he's not going to play the Tigers every week. He's scored, what, 130, 140 versus them. You take that out, his average drops by about 50%. So there's your numbers there. And like, like you said, if you go back to the year before, uh, two tons, one versus the Broncos and one versus the Newcastle, everything else was, yeah, <laughs> Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. 11, 18, 23, 22, yeah. 19, 17. That's a horrendous four. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's the question. Would I start with him? I, I've got him as a no for me because you go back to 2020 where the average is 58.3. There was four scores in the teens. You know, then there was, you know, a bunch, well, not, not a bunch, two of them in the 20s. So that's six year scores. I just think, you know, you're, you know, he's a bit, he's traditionally a yo-yo and, and it's going to be something that the price is probably what's appealing, I guess, to people because there are other options are Sexton and SJ. And I guess you've got to answer for yourself, you know, would you, would you not like those two for whatever reason? And you could take a punt and hope that you're going to get the 75, but you know, traditionally Luke Terry has been a yo-yo and he said the low one. Here you go. Here you go. I've got the numbers that can put every man his dog off Kiri right now. In 2020, the entire year, when he was, full, when he was fully healthy, including every single score, his five-game rolling average was never higher than 67. It was 67 once, and then it drops to 64. So basically, the objective of the game is to get a leg up on everyone else, kick goals really, really early, then, then elevate. If you start with Kiri, you're not going to get more than a 65 average, in five, and he's basically priced 10 points higher than that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. There you I go. Mean, I I've had a couple of messages, you know, from people saying, you know, Kiri question mark. And I've said, just grab Jackson Hastings. You know, he's going to kick goals. You know, in the last time he was in super coach, he averaged 50. I and mean, that's a long time ago, but he's so much cheaper. You know, if you're going to go and take a punt on a cheap half, he's the one I'd probably Some, go with. Half is probably not the position. Yeah, you're right there. I would go Hastings over Kiri 100%. But 
you don't necessarily have to have a starter. Like if, if you're struggling to fill that second front row forward position spot and you can't find someone, you know, sort of 450 or 500K that you like to score 50, 50 55 points, don't do it. Spend 178K, whatever the, whatever the base price is, I can't remember what it is. Get someone that's going to play 30 minutes off the bench and score you 35 points. Save yourself 400K for an extra 30 points. Mm. Use that 400k to update someone to turbo or for feeder. It's gonna that's priced at 85 is gonna and possibly gonna average 145 in the first four fucking weeks. Yeah, exactly. Now I think you know you people probably you're seeing it as a mirage because of a short sample size last year. And I, I'd probably you know I think that's enough said probably on Kiri. Um, look, I put Tupu in there. He's a no for me just because you got to get Tupu when he's. 400,000. He's starting at 518,000. Uh, center wing, you know, the average last year was 59. The thing I like about Tupu, you know, he's sort of pretty consistent too. Seven scores in the 60s, which is not you know, anything to write home, but he got three tons last year. I like that Tupu, you know, sometimes he can grab a couple of tries and go 100. And I don't know, I guess I've got a soft spot for Tupu. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't me, start with me. him. Yeah, me Tupu. Um, <laughs> sorry, dead joke. Um, the th- the thing I love about Tupu is completely not super coach related. It's the fact that he's he's a pig like the forwards. Like he gets in there, he does the hard yards. If you go and have a look at his stats and completely ignore the actual the actual total points that he accumulates he, he accumulates each week, then go and have a look at the actual hit ups and tackle bus. It's almost Brian Tuo like. Have a look mm. at hit up column. Thirty two hit ups, twenty five, thirty, thirty two, thirty six. 52, the guy's a machine, basically averages one line bait per game pretty much, and tackle bus, 4.6 points, 2, 12, 4, 2, 10. Mate, the, guy, the guy's a hit-up tackle busting machine. The, the only thing is he plays on that left side <laughs> and then yeah. constantly gets the right. So he, he gets one try every two games. That's it. That, yeah. that, 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 that's the only problem. You put, him at, you put him at the bunnies, mate, he's underpriced by about 25 points. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, if there was more, if there was even just a try, two tries every three games, you know, Tupu, you'd, he'd be in my team 100%. I think, you know, there might be a time for him in the year, but as for starting for him, starting with him for the year, he's, he's not for me this year. Um, you know, there's some other players, you know, that are a good bit cheaper. You know, there's a lot of people going Stags and Aiken, but you've got Campbell Graham, you know, who looks like he might maybe be a chance of being on that that left side, you know, for the Rabbitohs. And he could be sort of, you know, a good one to start the year, but that's obviously South. But I think that he's probably just a bit overpriced for what you get. You know, maybe he might come down in the year and you can grab him. Um, Satili Tupanua. I've heard a few people talking about Satili and, you know, they, they've got him in their team because he's 482,200. So sort of around that low, low price. The average last year was 55 points. He did have a 13-minute game, so it's really a 57 average if he played his you know, average minutes last year. The thing about Satili that I've been warning people off is that he can get a low score as well. He, he's sort of like the forward version of Kiri to me. He's got a 27, a 36, a 33, a 17, a 28, a 10. Those are scores from a, a player playing in the second row and big minutes, which worries me. Yeah, he's... The thing with Satili, but like like you were saying, like he can throw up an absolute stinker, but 
he played in an absolutely decimated team last last year. And if you take out the um, uh, what was it round round four and round five, there was a thirteen minute game where he was injured. Mm. And a forty-eight minute game where he scored twenty-nine points. You take those two out, his his average was seventy-six minutes across the first nineteen rounds, and average seventy. He dropped off right towards the end of the year when they were absolutely freaking decimated, and it was just mm. just all it was it was just forget about it. Tooks were an absolute freaking mess. So although he's actually volatile and throw and can throw an absolute absolute stinker, these are his scores in those first. Well, a few rounds when he was healthy, right? 75, 83, 50, 48, 84, 72, 27, 90, 95, 36, 33, 80, 71, 125. So although he's volatile, he, he does have that tackle busting, get my ass over the line, try scoring machine type sort of um, uh, attacking player. He, if you can stay healthy, he might be the underpriced guy you want to you know, chuck, chuck in there given that he's priced at 55. Mm-hmm. Just be prepared that you're going to get a couple of low games early and ride out for that first sort of eight, nine games. Though. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a few options in around that price point. You've got Lolo, you know, Aiken's a bit cheaper. You've got Arrow. I'm, I've got Arrow on my team, but I've got him in the front row because he's obviously dual. Um, yeah, same. Yeah, but, you know, he, he's somebody that I, I worry about the low scores, but you've got to look at what your options are in around that sort of price. There's going to be people that go and grab Capewell, you know, and I think that I'd much prefer Satili than Capewell, you know, in my team, um, just yep. because he can go big and he's in a better team. So, yeah, all right, well, that's Satili. Um, Lindsay Collins, he's coming back from an ACL. He's 462,000. I'm not really seeing him in a lot of teams. He was, you know, elite, you know, before he got injured, you know, heading towards elite in the front row category. The last average you know, was 47 when he played a full sort of season in 2020. He played a few games last year for 55. I'm not going to start with him because I think maybe with, you know, JWH and, and Takiaho uh, that maybe you not, might not get the minutes, you know, to be any value for you. Yeah, the guy's an absolute beast with, with work rate. Like his hit-ups and tackles are just freaky like if we're going to look at it, I'm curious. I want to see what his point per minute is. Um, there you go, 1.27 points per minute. He's, he's, he's putting up some big numbers like uh, 75 or 50 minutes, 73 or 41 minutes. And I don't think these are with tries. I'm just going to check. Those, those aren't, that's with one try. <laughs> mm. The guy has so much potential. He kind of reminded me of Paul Vaughan sort of about three or four years ago when he had that first year at the Dragons where he just went beast mode. And uh, I, said, I, uh, I think, I think there, was, there was a highlight of my uh, career, same person I told you so. We had an argument <laughs> about him, him, him for about five years. But <laughs> five years ago, finally got one over first day. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, Colin's Col- Col- a beast and, and, and yeah, SC magician if you can stay on the path, mate. But um they just have so many thoughts in their rotation. Um, if you got a discount, yeah. Is he actually, question for you, is he actually priced at 59? Or did he get a bit of a shave? Or are you not sure? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think he got a little bit of a shave, um, you know, from, from what I, you know, when I crunched the numbers a while back. But look, you, you know, the minutes is what worries me, you know, mostly about him. I don't I don't know if he's going to get the minutes that he got, yeah. you know, when he went out. Look, to start with, look, anyway. <laughs> 
if he got a shave and he's priced and he's priced, if he's priced at the forty-five, yeah, he's priced at the fifty. I'd give it a go. Above above that, I'd I'd have to be say, look, mate, I'd, I'd go on eighty minutes sort of arrow and sort of harsh for me. Yep, yep. I mean, it's not the worst if you're somebody who wants to look for you know a pod. He's definitely like you said that PPM is good. I mean, that's part of the reason why I like Mo. Fodawaka, you know, if he got some minutes, he he's a beast. He goes at like a 1.3, 1.2 as well. And there's just those. Yeah, I was talking to the boy, boys about him sort of a couple of years ago. He just has so much promise and he gets in the park and he's back to the bench. He moves around. So he, he's, a, he's a beautiful player to watch. Yeah, funny you got the minutes. Um, all right. Another one I'm seeing, and I'm, I've heard on a few podcasts, some fans of Momorowski as well. We think that maybe he might be in there to start the year and he, he, he'd probably be the goal kicker as well. He's 486,300. Last year, the average, you know, albeit it was in the Penrith Panthers team, was 55.5. Um, look, will you start with him this year? Um, I'm not going to start with him this year just because I think there's some options in there um, of a cheapest price, you know, that I feel a bit more confident about. And particularly in that Shooks team, when you've got players like Suwali and Smith there, you know, it might not be the longevity in position, I don't think, for Momorowski this year. Uh, if anyone, look, if, if anyone's got some job security, I reckon Momorowski's got a, a lot more time with the team than the Kramer. I think, obviously, he'll be on the... I think he'll, the Kramer will be right to start with. He'll, he'll go... Momo will go to that left-centre position after a few weeks when Savali's healthy and they want to bring him in. They'll, they'll chuck him on the right wing. Um, I think Momorowski just kind of stays left until... Um, the ACL fella absolutely starts killing it and knocks the door down and says, all right, time's up, Tiger, get out. But they're just going to have to find another goal kicker. Yeah. I mean, for starting in the year, you know, 486,300, I mean, you'll probably be the goal kicker. You'll probably get a little bit of a surplus from that. Um, It's not, I've got him in there as a maybe, you know, if he's locked in to start, that you could go him. Uh, Because you're obviously going to go players like Staggs, who's coming off a, you know, what what was his, an MCL, um, you know, and he's definitely somebody in a good team, you know, who might goal kick. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not even sure if I'd take Staggs over, over Momo. They're just, they're just priced really awkwardly for for someone who can probably throw out their average, but nothing like really, really massive. It's just that awkward position. Yeah, I mean, I put a name down there of somebody who interests me is Lomax. You know, same price. You know, and kicks goals as well. A very good goal kicker. Yeah. Um, they've got a tough um, run. Obviously, the the Dragons to start the year, which probably puts me off him. But I feel a little bit more confident just knowing what Lomax has done in prior years. You know that he might, you know, be a bit of, be a bit better than Momorowski. Yeah, I can't wait to get Lomax in. Um, he's. <laughs> You know when sort of December comes around, they, they, they throw the draw up and you start having, having a look at it uh, prior to opening up this seat, thinking, oh, oh, I can start putting together my cheapies and my, my players based on the draw. And you get to, you, you get to the worries and you go, all right, they've got a soft draw now. Show, show me a stud or someone in that team that I can pick. Then you look at the Titans and go, they've got a good draw. Now show me someone that I can pick in that team. <laughs> then you look at the Dragons you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could have turbo with that team and that nah, that draws him in to get it. Yeah, I mean that's I I did the Dragons podcast you know a week ago and I was just like look, you know Lomax interests me I guess um, 
you know, some people might have liked Jack Bird if he's playing lock, but you just can't touch him. They have got one, just, you know, before you buy a dragon, I would just say go and have a look at their draw and see if you'd like to take a punt. But he's definitely underpriced, I think, on what he has. You know, he obviously had that thumb injury last year. And I I remember watching as an actual NRL fan, he was really hampered by that Lomax. Mm. So I think he's a bit unders. Um, and that's just comparing him to Momorowski, you know, I think. Yeah, I mean. yeah that, that's the thing too. Like, um, I, I won't take off topic too much, but you look at uh, a team that has a horrendous draw and you go, look, I've got to stay away from them. But sometimes it's a brilliant opportunity because you, 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 you set your deployment markers and you go, all right, so these are the weeks when that horrendous um, run finishes that I'm going to pick, pick up play X, Y, X, Y, Z at uh, uh, X percentage drop from market value. So that's when you go, all right, so is it time to pick up Lomax just prior to uh, Origin where he's going to be uh, have a soft draw, maybe drop 150, 100K and start kicking again? A guy like Sloan, he's obviously got a, lo- a low base, but like brilliance of attack. Is he going to have a, have a bit more experience under his belt and all of a sudden sort of come out of his shell with, with sort of sweet plays and start throwing right? That's the time to sort of pounce at guys where you think, Maybe really low value and might be able to swap your swap your Bobrovskis out to someone like Sloan or Lomax and then you know ride the wave for the buyers and then swap back to you know two hours or whatever you call it. Yeah, that's it. You got to you know you you could probably plan for when you might grab a Lomax. You might start with a Bobrovsky, you know, and just look at your draw. You know, the times to flip flip the go switch. Look down to cheapies. Um, you know, there's probably two big ones in their team with Billy Smith and Suali. Um, 294,600 for Billy Smith. He's, I didn't even really crunch his numbers very much because he's only played a handful of games over two years. And, you know, he, it's sort of in the forties, really the average for him. Uh, and Suwali, yeah, he played five games last year for an average of 37. He's 259,500. You know, it'd be great if one of those got the run, wouldn't they? <laughs> to start the year, because I think that'd be, that'd be a, probably in most teams as a cheapie, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah, 100%. They, there's some players that you're just going to put in your team because you know every man whose dog has got them. And a, particularly a guy like, you know, sort of Swali, it's, you know, if he ends up getting that right, right wing spot, it's not a position that you can leave alone um, and hope that, you know, oh, maybe you won't score that well. It's it's, it's a bit easier to, to, you know, get stains and or not get stains and leave a guy like stains out. And if he scores a double, you know, scores sort of 60 or 70, you leave a bloke like sort of a swally out and he gets a run and it can hurt you. Yeah, I think, you know, that's probably the question. Would you start with him, you know, if he's not named to start in round one, would you just stow him there knowing that he's going to come in probably early doors? That You know, you'd figure yeah. that with him, they yeah, might well, give him a few weeks. Yep, all right. Yeah, that's, that's, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's what I did last year. I started with three nuffs last year. He was one of them. So I got, got pretty um, lucky early with him as well as... Um, as well as um, Billy last year. Good. Yeah, so, I mean, that's probably my opinion. On Smith, Sawali, and Nekwama, I agree with you. I think the first one that would probably go out would be Nekwama if Sawali or Smith sort of find their way into the team. So Sawali's the one that I would be happy to hold because I really feel confident, you know, particularly you know, with the money they're paying him and how touted he is, that he will come in and probably, you know, take a wing spot you know, before too long. So he'd be the one that if I was going to stow him, he'd be the one I'd stow. Yeah, it's better than starting with a bloke like the Berber who's likely going to come on for three minutes off the bench and then score you a three and ruin your, your captain loop. Yep. Um, all right, so that's the Chooks, really. Um, I don't know if you've got anyone else that you wanted to mention in the team. Um, 
I think the, the, the best prospects from the Chooks are obviously Teddy. He's popular and, you know, he's, he's probably at a good price for Teddy. Look, if you're going for, you know, somebody who's very reliable, who you ha- if you haven't got David Fafita kind of money, I'd say probably Angus. He's, he's definitely one of the premium second rowers. And look, in my third best prospect, it's, it could be Suwali. You know, it might be Satili. You know, I think any one of those ones, but they would definitely be a smoky. You know, if you're going to start, I mean, obviously Suwali's a cheapie, so you'd be starting him where he might not be starting yeah. in round one. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the value is um, obviously, you know, Teddy, um, Tupanua, and then um, uh, what do you call it, Suwali, if he starts. Um, Crichton, probably second pick if you're looking for someone just to get your team without a without a trade. But if you're looking for pure value, I, I wouldn't worry about Angus. I'd go that sort of that, that first order I mentioned. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's move on to the Parabatter Eels, your team. Um, oh, it's a bit of a mass exodus, you know, from the Chooks. Everyone's sort of saying, I mean, from the from the Eels, and they're saying, you know, enjoy this year because it's going to be all downhill from next year. How do you reckon that the, the uh, Eels are going to go this year? Uh, same as last year, mate. Probably sort of kick a few goals against team teams like uh, Storm when they least expect it, then lose against the Tigers, end up sort of between fourth and sixth again, and then blow, blow our chance against the big guns again. You, you just can't compete with teams like you know, Storm and Rabbits and Chooks three weeks in a row. They're, they're a good team. I really like Arthur. He really does work hard with the guys. He's such a, such a nice bloke, speaks, but speaks really well. Firm trainer, works hard. But... I just don't understand how you're going to get a team like Para to win the comp without a million-dollar player. Yeah. Well, Guffo thinks he's a million-dollar player. <laughs> I don't think he thinks he is. I reckon he tried for it. And went, yeah, all right, fair enough. I understand. <laughs> I mean, the thing about the Eels is you see them play, you know, those games against the Melbourne Storm and you're like, they could win a premiership if they play like that. You know, and they, they get very close, but they just don't have enough of those in them, in them you know, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think. So, yeah, yeah. They, know, they, I, they leak too many, many points, mate. They, they might have an average, which is, um, I think last year they played out of their skin and had at least an average of, what, 16 points a game or something like that, I think. But that was, what, a career a career high. We played out, out, out of our skin against top uh, top teams, but the thing is, we don't hold sort of weak teams out to nothing. We we basically just held every team out to sort of to sort of twelve, sort of fourteen points. We need to sort of start holding out the weaker teams to nothing and start sort of you know, dominating here and there. It's just more mediocre across the board. Yeah, well, look, we'll go through their lineup. Look, one thing that we can say about it is that it did you know Marnie was one big cog in, in the Parramatta Eels, you know, team, and he he's been quite injured and hopefully. You know, fingers crossed, he's good to go for a full year. I think that'll help him a lot. Um, Gutho's going to be the one. We've got Dunster on one wing and Simonson, you know, acquisition from the Raiders, on the other wing. Penasini and Wanga Blake in the centres. Is that how you see them lining up in the back line there? The back five? Yeah, mate, 100%. Oh, uh, I must admit, I wasn't sure early, early days, but yeah, sort of. Makes sense to chuck, chuck Dunstall on, 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 on the left and chuck sort of Penicini in there. Yeah, I mean, he looks great to me from what I saw at Penicini. Obviously, we know you've got Opacech in there as well, and he plays in the centres. He's got to be somebody he that's won't. probably lurking. Nah, no. 
the, the only way he gets in is, is if he's a better, super, better real player than a super coach player. But like, he just I never hear his name called. Doesn't do any hard work. Doesn't set up anything. Just unless I'm missing something, and he's absolutely brilliant at defense, and that's what Brad wants in there. I just can't see him getting run, mate. Oh, well, I mean, you saw that game where Gutho was giving him a gob fall for his defence. So I, I, I agree. I don't think he's going to come in and take the spot. I think Penasini looks great, a great prospect, and I'd, I'd have him in there. Um, it's going to be Brown in the six, Moses in the seven, RCG uh, in the eight, Marnie in the nine, Paulo. He's been made captain as well. Uh, Papali'i, Maddo, and Brown in the thirteen. Uh, Stone in the 14, Makatoa, because you've got a suspension there, haven't you? Um, near Kore, he might start Makatoa. Um, you've got Kalfusi and Lane, that's how you reckon they'll sort of line up. Yeah, did you mention Cardi anywhere in that last part? No, I didn't mention Cardi, but I've got him on the others. I um, call me crazy, but I reckon Cardi's probably the smoky for the second half of this season. I reckon. Mm-hmm. He's he had a couple of really really good games in the in the last year where he came on did some cameos and just put a massive work rate in and I think he set up a couple of tries on on the left. He's obviously not going to get big minutes, but I think if I think you've look last year we rotated basically Maddo and Papa Lee. Um, uh, so Papa Lee rotated towards the middle in in the end when Maddo came back. We obviously chucked Lane on the left hand to the side. Towards the end of the end of the year, Lane just started to rotating through the middle a, a little bit, sort of more. If if um, if Cardi can sort of pull his finger out and start put, putting in some of the effort like he did the the previous year, um, it wouldn't. And there's an injury or two, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up starting or getting sort of sixty minutes, even off off off, off 50, 60 minutes off, off the bench on on that left edge or right edge if, if Matto's injured. I'd much prefer him over, over Lane. Tallstreet and duck shit, mate. Does nothing apart from drop balls. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big Lane fan. Um, look, that's the thing. You know, people are talking about Papali jumping off, uh, Papali'i jumping off into that front row rotation, which he does okay. It's not the best, you know, for super coach for him as far, as much as it is in the second row. But, you know, that's an interesting thing to know. Uh, my big question is, is Maddo, you know, Maddo and his minutes, because I'm going to ask you, you know, Maddo question when we go through the players. Um, how do you feel like Maddo? It's a contract year. The rig's looking good. Do you think he's going to be getting good minutes this year? I reckon he gets the same same as last year. Um, I reckon he probably gets about 70. Yeah. 70, 71, 72. Like he'll they'll play him 80 a fair few games, but there's going to be eight games where he'll, you know, they might be up or they might rotate. Um, I think what will happen is they'll intend to play him 80. He'll start on the right. Papa Lee start on the left. Papa Lee will either probably go to the middle when sort of Brown comes off and they probably chuck Lane on, on Lane on the, on the left-hand edge. Then sort of, then sort of Papa Lee sort of comes off, comes off for, off for a breather. Um, what do you call it? Um, um, Brown, Brown Dog goes back on, on in the middle and then sort of, then sort of Papa Lee sort of either comes back on, you know, in, in the middle or on, on the edge and Lane pushes up, who, who, who knows? But, um, yeah, I think that's the way the rotation is going to sort of go. And then towards the end of the game, you'll end up getting a bloke like sort of, you know, sort of Cardi coming on for a 15, 20-minute cameo. Chem- whether he sort of spells that left or maybe he comes on for 10 minutes for sort of no matter when he's sort of tired for a bit of impact. So I think I, I'd like, I would like to think that's how the spark kind of works a bit. Yeah, good. It's good to know. I mean, obviously, we know Sivo's 
going to come back mid-year as well. He'll probably take Dunster's wing, you'd think. But or, Yeah, yeah, or they're not going to put him on the right. They'll chuck him on the left. Yeah, so that, that's one to watch out for later in the year. Um, all right, let's go through guns, you know, for the for the Eels. I'm going based on last year and what their averages were. We can assess whether we think they're going to be a gun again this year. Um, but IPAP, you know, he was a revelation last year. He's 688,100. He's still dual. Um, mate, what a what a year. When I talk to most people about Supercoach last year, it's about I didn't get Fafita in at the right time and IPAP, or I, I had a great year because I got in Fafita and IPAP. That's You fall into one of those two categories. Yeah, look, he's a classic example of it's it's okay to start players who are coming off the bench, kind of like what I was referring to before. Um, look, there's no way you could have foreseen that you know he's all of a sudden going to turn into a starting sort of player and and absolutely beast it. But if a guy is coming off the bench and you know scoring you know sort of you know 45, 55, 50, 45 to fifty five points off you know sort of thirty five minutes, then and then Johnny Price you know sort of two twenty to two thirty then. There's no reason why you can't sort of take a stab at someone like that because, like I was saying before, the objective of the game is to score more than what you pay for, you know. And I don't know what his role is going to be this year, apart from I think he's going to rotate, so he's probably no value there. But you look at blokes like like him and how he performed last year, and you, and you, you break it down, you know. I think what do you use? Average 77 on the left side and uh, 99 on the right side. So mm-hmm. you, you look at where he's going to play and go, all right, so he might have averaged 85 last year, but. You know, a ton of that was where Maddo plays and Maddo's back there now. So is he even if he goes back to full-time on the left, is he still going to get the same sort of average there? Or to, how does the rotation through the middle affect that? Yeah, that, those are the sorts of questions you need to ask but need to ask yourself. But, but moral of the story, I like saying that a lot, just look at, point, at points per minute, marry it up to the minutes that you think he's going to get and then take it from there. Yeah. I mean, look, he was outstanding last year. 400s, you know, from from nowhere he, he got 380s you know and he got 390s he was just amazing last year look the thing about ipap last year was you could get him at a good price to start the year and then you know he went gangbusters this year he's at top price and like you said you got to get what you pay for so you know he's in 12.9 percent of teams currently so people are paying up <laughs> to start with ipap i yeah, imagine they're starting he's not, front row he's, look, he's, he's not look honestly He's not a bad player to own. Like if you've got to have something good up at the front row, all right. So maybe people don't want Payne Haas and just want him because he has the the dual capability. Um, like it's not like he's going to regress and start scoring forty five again. You'd have to be a moron to think that. So look, even if he doesn't absolutely light up, he's still going to score points. Um, they yeah. do have a really sort of soft draw. Maybe the dual thing is what people are looking forward to. It maybe maybe twelve percent of those people are eels are eels fans. I mean, there's lots of people still living in '86. I'm kind of one of them. Yeah. Look, IPAP last year, sixty-seven minutes, and that's all I'd say to people is you're paying, you know, six eighty-eight one hundred, and we've got probably you know we think with Maddo and and even what you say there about Cardi and you've got Lane. There's a bit of rotation in there now if they're all healthy. Um, you know, so I worry, is he going to get to 67 minutes? He might be more like 60. And in 60, like you said, just work out what his PPM is and see if you're willing to pay the price. I see people, they're probably going IPAP or they're going Hass. I see TPJ in a lot of teams as well this year. Um, his real value is in the front row if you're going to pick him. But at 688, it's top price. 
Yeah. Um, TPG is just sort of like you need to sort of look at his average on 80 minutes on the edge, though, if you compare that, you know, the, the, the average that you're going to expect from guys doing sort of 50, 50, 55 minutes in the front row and go, look, even if he's only sitting on a 0.7 per, per minute, 0.7 points per minute, he's going to be playing 80 on the edge in a team that's a lot more sort of firepower. And, you know, he's, he's a bit of a firecracker. So there's a lot more potential for attack there. So if, if he only scores 60, uh, 60 to 65 average, so what, what? What do you think your your, your premium your premium front row forwards is going to score? He's basically going to be there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I definitely think he's. I mean, I've seen him written as a trap, and I, I don't think he's a trap at all because I think he nah. will average sixty five. I I think you know you can go in for a hundred k cheaper and grab a Hass. You can go for over a hundred k cheaper and grab a TPJ. So you know he's definitely up in the conversation. And look. 12.9% people are putting him in there and he's dual. So he, he's, he's not the worst. Um, must, be the, must be the throw, mate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has signed elsewhere. I don't think that, uh, from what I see, there's some coaches who you know, are crazy, like Peyton, you know, and stuff. But I don't think that Brad Arthur's going to, he's going to flog him still. I don't th- I think this year, even though he's signed elsewhere for next year. Oh, mate, you're not, you're not going to, mate, you're not going to have, you're not going to have like you know, the Mickey Man or Joe DiMaggio and go, look, I know you're signing the Red Sox next year, so guess what? You're getting on the bench, Tiger. Yeah. No one's an idiot. He's your best forward. You're not going to go, sorry, sorry, mate. Take a back seat. We've got this one. No, <laughs> no we don't. We need him. Yep, they, they need him. So he's still going to get played. He's still going to get good minutes. And hopefully he's motivated because he was bloody motivated last year. Um, look, I'm mentioning Gutho, but, you know, I when I'm talking to everyone on these podcasts, I'm like, get Turbo, get Paps, or get Teddy. And I, I, I mean, if you're a cowboy and you like Gutho, he had a good year last year, Gutho, 655,300. So he's 100K cheaper than Teddy. Um, he averaged 74.7 last year, and he was 10th overall in Supercoach. He had a great year, Gutho, last year, really, for Supercoach. You know, in the past, he was always capable of a low one, but he had, you know, five tons last year, you know? Yeah. The only thing is um, those five tons were against the none of the top five teams. Um, they were the average 91 against the bottom 11. Bottom 11? Well, my maths is ordinary. Yeah, average 91 against the bottom 11 teams. So five of the tons were in those sort of 14 games that he had. Um, lowest score was 58 out of those. Highest was 140. Um, the, hard, the hard decision is that the fact is the fact that he plays seven of those teams in the first eight games. There's no Bulldogs this year, but um, which is where he scored the sort of 140. And those boys are kind of a bit, a bit, a bit better this year, so you can't really sort of take that into the equation. But it's it just, if he was still available at 5'8", or mm-hmm. center three quarter, or anywhere else, he'd 100% be in the conversation. Because when you, when you talk about guys like that, Killer excitement machines when they play, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, blokes, teams that sort of uh, are defensively susceptible, um, mm. you, you can get them on a run. But when you've got guys like a Teddy Pap Turbo at the back, you just can't do it, mate. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I was a Gutho owner at a point last year. I had him when it was it was all good. And look, so was all, I. I, all I would say on Gutho, he, he did have four scores below 35 last year. And, you know, those kind of fullbacks, you, you know, the ones that get that 90 average are the ones that just don't have that they have a better floor and and gutho of out of the fullbacks the ones that i think not elite but 
you know, the really, really good, you know, fullbacks in the game. He's probably one that has those lows, you know, in him. Yeah. I remember only I remember only him last year. I think it was um I think I bought him just in that sort of buy period, thinking, look, they've got a soft draw here. He's going to go and run a run for about two or three games. Then he might have one or two tough games, but he's going to be against, you know, sort of depleted storm or depleted chooks or whatever you call it. I can't, I can't remember, remember what it was. He had one really good game and I was really excited. I thought, here we go. Picked him up at the right time. And then he threw up an absolute stinker against the bottom of the barrel team and brought that average right back down to reality. And then he actually played the tough team and brought it right back to reality even further and then had the buy again and then brought it back to reality even further. And by that time, you were so far deep, you think, I'll give you one more game just to try and get out of this. And then there's an injury and then you can't trade him out. And all of a sudden, you're stuck with a wanker. Yeah. <laughs> and it kills your season. So moral yeah. of that story, if you're going to go a bloke like Gutho, be prepared to do what Tim did last year. Um Get excited about one, two, three games, then use that trade and just punt. Yeah, and I mean that is something that Take I do. Win. Yeah, I do see some um, super coaches playing that you know fullback roulette and playing it very well if they you know do it right. I mean, I one of the best things I did last year was jumping on Alex Johnston when he went on that run, he went on a run, and that was that was sensational. But he he's exactly the same. You've got to get him on a run. You get him when you look at those matchups and you just know that he's going to get a bag of tries. And you know there could be a point in the yeah. year. With the draw soft, you know, Gutho, he'll he'll eat him up. That's the I like of it. Years. I like I like in Gutho to like a you know a two to one pop. So th- think of it this way: if you get a hundred bucks, you chuck it, you chuck it on turbo, and he and he stinks it up, and he, and he stinks it up at the race day. You lose a hundred bucks. You chuck a hundred bucks on turbo next week at six to one. He, he's he's just going to absolutely clean up with Gutho. He's basically a dollar eighty pop. So you've got to get on early, get that win, and get out before you lose it. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to another one who's a semi gun. I've got down Reed Marnie, 594,600. Hooker, it was the position last year that absolutely did my head in because I was, I think I had Little and I had Watson. I would, you know, just I was doing cheap in the in the in the hooker position. I didn't get on Grant and probably the the best priced one I got was Cook and, and I was lucky enough to get him because he finished off the year pretty well Cook. I got him yeah, you know, right at the right time. But I see a lot of teams starting this year with either Cook or, or Marnie and obviously Grant who, who I've got in my team but he, we know he's missing for round one. Um, Marnie at 594,600. The average last year was 67.8 which I think is good in the hooker position. He did have a 34 minute game where he got injured as well so if you took that out of it, his average last year was 69.9. So he's just a tick under 70 average. Um, Marnie, and he can go tons. You got three of them last year. What are your thoughts for Marnie this year to start in your team? Um, I got you one better. He actually came out of the blocks with an 83 average in that first eight games last year. Yeah. So a lot better than what you were talking about. The, yeah. the, the, thing, the thing there is, look, it was his first year when he was basically the dominant hooker playing playing the, um, the full 80 minutes. So he, he was he was racking up sort of 50 tackles a game in those first eight games. I don't know whether he came out thinking, look, I need to prove myself or he was excited and just wanted to get in there and to rip in. But he was punching 50 tackles a game. Um um, 
they basically got the same draw this year for those first eight games. Um, you just got to replace uh, the Broncos and the Dogs with the Titans and the Cows. So like it's kind of freaky how that kind of lines up. I was talking about that with Mark, but he's got exactly the same team. So the only thing you've got to hope is that he kind of goes on the same run because he was averaging one try assist per game in, in that eight game streak and obviously 10 tackles a game higher than what he was averaging for the rest of the season. So you just need to ask yourself, is he going to rack up 50 tackles a game against that sort of weaker opposition? And is he, his clutch potential going to be exactly the same as last year too? Because if it is, then 100% like he's, he's worth going on that run. He may even sort of uh, elevate this year and then go on, on go on a run for the rest of the year. But I mean, he's obviously second in line to that origin jersey behind, um, um, what's his name? Um, Harry Grant. Grant. Grant as well. But there's a big but. If he doesn't rack up, if he if he racks up forty tackles a game like he did for the second half of the season, you're taking ten points off him and also relying on that clutch attack. So, personally, I don't think there's enough value in him to do it. Um, but if you want someone that's just plug and play, that's got a soft draw that might sort of do something against the weaker teams, hundred percent, give it a crack. I just think there's probably more risk of a plotter there as opposed to getting a Grant type who can score the game and score the same in 40 minutes off the bench and is yeah. now going to play 80. Yeah. I mean, I, I see those are the people I see in hooker. I mean, obviously people are going Randall and a cheap one. I've seen a couple of it going Cotter. You've got the real cheap in there, but you've got Marnie, <laughs> you've got um, Cook. I've seen McInnes in there and it's Grant. You know, I would probably be happy to take Marnie in the conversation with those ones. You've probably got Cook at 575 and this year, you know, with rookie halves and no Adam Reynolds, I think Cook's going to have a great year. Yeah, same. I, I saw that too. There was actual, there was an actual um, screenshot with a quote from him. Um, I'm not sure if it was me spreading a rumor, but <laughs> no, I, I saw it was only about a week and a half ago. I think I saw a, a comment from him saying, "Look, I think my attack was probably stifled a little, a little bit the last 12, 18 months, knowing that you know I had two great halves and I had to do a lot of feeding out the back for them." But given that Adam's gone this year, I probably have to step up again and um, get back to my natural running game, running game a bit more, which is music mm. to a super coach's ears. Um, how much that actually translates into on field, as opposed to talking about it, is another thing. I would probably watch him in the trials and see how that pans out. But I think uh, not having Wayne Bennett there, and look, this this is just pure observation. I don't know Wayne. I've never met him. I can't comment on him. But I've just heard lots that you know. He changes the, the dynamic of a game and just gets hookers to get look, just pass out the back. It's not your job to run. If you see something great, but you've got two great sort of halves out there, just feed them. That's your job. Mm. I feel that without Reynolds there, um, maybe he goes back to his natural solo play at the, the the year prior to Wayne being there and the way he was at the Dogs, when he was just an absolute machine. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. When he runs, Cook's the kind of hooker that can get 150s and even 130s and stuff. He gets them on the regular, the hundreds. So, yeah. you know, I think that at the price point, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to, you know, like you said, look at the look at the trials and maybe, and, you know, Cook might be someone I'd prefer. You know, I, Yeah. And, and, you know, Marnie, I think the, the velocity that he plays at for his size, he's been banging his body up a bit. Hopefully he, he makes it through this year unscathed, but. Yeah. He's had, a, he's had a couple of concussions as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So he just goes hard. He's, he's a hard nut. He goes, he goes hard and he's, he's been injuring himself, you know, fairly regularly. Yeah, poor bloke. But yeah, just on on, on that hooker, hooker, hooker conundrum, I, I reckon, look, 
Grant right at the top, Mahoney probably, uh, I would probably have Mahoney third behind Cook. Um, I think obviously the biggest beneficiary there is probably Murray if Cook starts running as opposed to the hookers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd have McInnes, I wouldn't even have McInnes fourth. I'd, I'd probably have, you know, Daylight and something else there before I had McInnes. Well, he's, he's only a 0.8, 0.85 PPM sort of guy. He's not even going to be playing 80. So, yep. unlikely to be playing 80. Yeah. I should say, I'm, I'm not the coach. I'm not going to speculate, but I just, <laughs> Sharks too. So, no. Nah. <laughs> um, let's move on to the next one. And that's Maddo, 569,300, which I think is a good price for Maddo. Um, last year, the average was 64.9 from Maddo, which was down on year prior. He was 75.7 the year before. So that's a 10 point drop, but he was seven minutes down uh, this last year on the year prior. How are you feeling this year about Maddo for starting the year? My question is, you know, I've got Curran, Maddo, and TPJ, and I don't know which one to go. I've got Arrow in the front row, so TPJ is handy for that duality, but I don't really need it. Which one do you like, you know, out of those three? Obviously, we'll take a focus on Maddo, but, you know, if you're just thinking about it off the top of your head, who appeals to you the most out of those? Curran, Maddo, and TPJ. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> If I could guarantee 70-plus minutes for Maddo, then he would be. But I'm too scared about the concussions and the rotations. So that's where bring TPJ in. But his ceiling kind of throws you off. And he, it's more his value in the front row. Mm. I think the best option is Curran if he's playing 80 minutes on the edge. But I think he's more of a middle rotation sort of guy and it cuts back sort of 20%. So we, I think you've probably got... Uh, uh, Maddo just in front of all of them, Curran slightly behind, and TPJ are absolute unknown. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, I think all of them have um, definite questions, which you've got to probably answer. You know, Maddo's a concussion risk, um, and there's probably we did see there was a tendency to rotate minutes in that in that pack. You think TPJ starting in the second row? Logically, you think he might be on for some good minutes, but he. He's not short of an injury himself, and he's a suspension risk. And Curran... He gets, he gets gassed too very easily. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Curran is an absolute bloody weapon, but Nathan Brown's a bit of a lunatic. And, you know, who knows what he's going to do. But you think until Tohu gets yeah. back that you'd feel confident Curran gets good minutes, hopefully, in the team. Yeah, I saw, I saw a comment the other day. It's like, hey, guys, be careful if you're picking Curran. Tohu's back in round 11. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, Th- oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, round 11. <laughs> Think I'll be done with him. Me. Think I'll be yeah, done well, by then. So that's what someone was saying about Aiken. I was like, oh, no, 11 rounds for 400K. You know, uh, what am I going to do with myself? Um, Look, Matto, the minutes were seven minutes down last year. I, I'd like to think that he might get around 70 this year as well. And it's a contract year. And all I can remember was that last time Matto wasn't a contract year, it was some sort of year. <laughs> He's that kind of player, isn't he? Yeah, I've, I've never really paid enough attention. To that. I've heard people say, oh, it's a contract year, but I've never actually watched close enough to see if players actually rip in a bit more on what the difference in the scores <laughs> is. I would actually be really curious to know. Um, but yeah, surely if you're earning you know, sort of seven, eight hundred grand a year and all of a sudden you're up for renewal, then surely you're going to rip in. But 
I don't know how it translates to points, but yeah. Look, mate, just just have a look at Matto really quickly. Um, yeah, so the, look, the numbers I've got in front of me with my notes here, mate. He only had five eight, 80 minute games last year for a seventy one average. Yeah. Um, he did fall over the line a couple of times. He's got a try assist in there. Um, so if we take those numbers out, it's kind of a sixty six, which is kind of what you'd expect as a base. This is where this is where Barnsley interrupted me and goes, oh, but you've got to expect attacking like. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm just kind of trying to show what it, what it looks like without it. But games over 70 minutes, so taking the 80 out of the equation, like games actually over 70 minutes, you average 75. So there are some good numbers in there, mate. Um, and you've got to expect some rotation. So be realistic and expect that he's going to get some 70 minutes, not 80. It's yep. still a decent average. It was actually higher than what it was at playing 80 minutes. So um, having a bit of rest doesn't, doesn't hurt anyone. Um HIA is obviously the risk, but I think that I think the 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 thing that scares me is the fact that the the rotation minutes are unknown. No one knows what's going to happen with with IPAP or Lane. No one knows what's going to happen if sort of Cardi ends up sort of coming in there. If if, if there's any sort of rotation, but the only thing I can say is I don't think it's going to impact him as much. He, he's 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 the alpha second rower. He's just, he's just going to get big minutes. Not going to not going to pay him. You know more than half a million bucks a year to play sort of half a game. So I think you can expect sort of 70. It's just more, hey, is he going to stay on the field? Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I always, you know, someone asked me Curran versus Maddo, and I'm like, look, Maddo is an absolute premium weapon. He's a weapon when he's on and he's fit and he's not, you know, obviously getting injured with the with the head knocks because he just racks up points. And when you're watching him on Supercoach, it's, it's constant. He's always going up. He's making tackles, he's busting, ta- you know, I mean, he's got, you know, he used to play five eight, so he's got a bit of attack in him as well. So yeah. that's all I would say to people. I think the price is pretty good for Maddo. So I've got, I've got him definitely as down as an option to start the year in second row. Um, the only and one that just, I saw. Just, 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 just quickly before you go on, I would just, because I remember the, the numbers from last year, I just wanted to bring him up to support it. So it was the year, the year before 2020, his average was 80 and He's low. I don't think he had a score below 60. Like 62, yeah. 86, 99, 65, 94, 91, 96, 64, 94, 60, 115. Yeah, high floor. So if Maddo's going to play the 70 minutes and is healthy, mate, 100%. Like he's, he's just the Mr. Consistent you want to have in there. It's just more that rotation, the extra 10 minutes per head knock. Sorry to diverge. No, I mean, it's definitely something to think about because obviously that that's the thing. The most I've ever been worried about Matto as an owner was because of the emergence of IPAP, you know, and no one expected that last year. And like you said, I thought Cardi was pretty good last year as well. So that's the only question I think with him, but I think he's worth a punt, you know, I, I think, you know, to, at that price. Um, look, let's go down and have a look at Paulo. We did talk about Lindsay Collins there in the front row, 487,600 for Paulo. It was a 55.6 last year. You know, I like to get 60 out of a front rower if I can, you know. Yeah. But like you said, you could get one that's a, you know, you can get a penne for 280K and he plays 40 minutes to get to 40. But, you know, Paulo to start the year, any any thoughts on, on that? No, nah, not for me. He's got a, he's a sort of bloke who can be on 55 after his first sort of 25 minute stint. You think, here we go, I'm on. Then he'll go off the field. And he doesn't come on for the last, until the last ten minutes, and he just <laughs> he's looking at the screen. He's want to punch it. You're like, why, <laughs> yeah. why, why? He's um, 
look, but when he first came on the scene, like I was so excited about having him. It wasn't that, that little sort of shit plat he's got at the back. It was like just he would absolutely smash that line, then turn around. He reminded me of an elephant. Like he'd get this big <laughs> trunk and he'd get that ball and he would just turn around. It doesn't matter how many blokes were hanging off him. He would just get that little ball away and just pop it up close to the line. Line break assist, try assist. Like he'd just get over the line and then he got into trouble with, you know, mates at the casino or something or other and signed with Canberra. Yeah. Was it Canberra? Yeah. Yeah. Signed with Canberra to get out of get out of Sydney and get away. And I was so disappointed at that because he was just such a beast. But then he came back and I was so excited. But the only thing is you only get sort of 45 minutes out of him. Yeah. yeah. And I know I know I know Arthur said before, like he can play big minutes. And he did at the beginning of the last year. He played um 58, 58, 47, 63, 55, 50 minutes. So he played some big minutes and then dropped off and came up. He even played a few games, 36 minutes, 38 minutes. Like, how, how, do, you, how do you buy a guy a price to that that's going to get you some good points and all of a sudden, you know what, we're going to rest him this week. He's going to play 20 minutes less. Yeah. Priced at a 56 average, I just I just can't get a black like that much in, into my team that you can – a drop the, that sort of minute, those sorts of minutes, and B can't really punch a massive ton or anything kind of consistent above the seventy-five mark. Yeah, I mean, he gets his point per minute last year was one point oh four, but then, like you said, that's exactly what I wrote. He has some low minute games, and that's makes it too much of a worry because with him, you need fifty, you know, for it to be any good, and and it just happens too often that. It, and, and look, he's a big man. So sometimes they might play a big minute game and then the next game they might just give him a, a bit of a rest, I guess, and a lower game. Yeah, yeah. Point, points per minute is great. There's no point having a points per minute of three if you only play four minutes. It's kind yeah. of like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like saying to Kathy Freeman, hey, guess what? I run a, I run 100 metres in four seconds. That's good. So what do you run 400 metres in? Seven <laughs> minutes? <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. Um, all right, let's go through some names. You can just yay or nay me on these because I've uh, stopped me notes there. But Mitchell Moses, 511. We, we probably compare him with somebody like Kiri. And, you know, I think he, like you said, that soft draw, but I've got him as a, you know, not for me. But what about you? Can I do a vomit emoji live? Look, Nathan Brown. 506,000. He's sort of just a little bit more than Satili. Um, he can get a bit of an injury as well himself, can't he? And he's probably doing a little less minutes nowadays, Nathan Brown, at his age, isn't he? He only gets injured because he puts his heart and soul into him and his rib cage on the line. I, I love Brown Dog. He's a top player. Well, when he came over from the South, so I was like so excited that we got him. Like, he just puts some aggression into it. Like he wears his heart in his sleeve. I love that bloke. But yeah, I. <laughs> for supercoach you probably want someone that's not not as aggressive and can actually sort of you know play 60 plus minutes consistently and get some stuff in there so no yeah. for me rel- uh, reluctantly yeah i mean he reminds me he he's sort of cut off the jib of harrigan you know and mark carroll he goes in like a kamikaze and i and you know he, he goes and takes the tough runs and stuff so from an actual nrl point of view i love him but you know for supercoach no not for me um dylan brown I'm seeing a lot of people who are sort of um, chatting about SJ versus um, who's the bloke from Sexton and Dylan Brown. They're all in that mid 400 price point. I mean, uh, me personally, I'm saying to people just on pedigree and worries, even if he's on one leg, I'd take Sean Johnson. But 
What about you in that little three-way? Uh, Sexton here, Johnson halfway, and um, Brown halfway between uh, that and the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's pretty much where I stand on Dylan Brown. Let's go down to a cheapie. We obviously know Panasini is a good front runner to take the center wing spot. I can't see any reason why people wouldn't have him in their team. I really love the look of him, you know, as a, as a player. A lot of, I know a lot of people say he was better than Suwali, you know, in their younger days, and he looks a very likely customer. I think he's going to be a good purchase for people this year. Hasn't played, he hasn't played um, a lot. But it seems to get in there, make a few tackles, have a bit of a go. It's it's really hard to. I I, I honestly didn't even know didn't even notice him on the field when 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 I was watching towards the end of last year. It was I think the season was gone, so I wasn't really watching sort of super coach wise. But um, probably should go back and have a look. Like <laughs> the thing is, eels centers and wingers don't really get much ball, see much ball. It's Eel style of play, but just don't really do anything. But for a, a bloke like Penasini to actually rack up enough stats to warrant someone to actually go and have a look at him, even though Eels centers really generally don't show you much. Like think Opacek and who's the bloke that like Jennings? Like they, you look at their numbers over a year or two years, and it just horrifies you. But you look at a bloke like Penasini, you go, hold on, there might be something there. Mm. Yeah. And look, the price point, you know, he's 255000 So there's not going to be a heap this year, you know, that are going to be under 300 k you know. There's yeah, a lot of cheapies to go with. Yeah, look, if I had to pick between a bloke like him him and, and Dunster, 100% Penasini, Dunster has an absolute horrid floor, kind of like like Charlie Stane 2.0. Yep. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, is there any other names that you think are worth a mention out of the Eels lineup? No, mate, I think I think Cardi will be the one that might be the surprise packet later in the year if, if there's an injury or particularly with Sean Sean Lane. I, I I have a feeling you might you might find Cardi on the left edge at some point getting sort of 35 minutes. Yeah. Oh well, Sangster will be all over him then if that happens, if he comes in as a, <laughs> mid-year, a mid-year buy. Look, he he you know he, he's he did all right last year. He surprised me. I didn't think of bringing him in at any point, but you know, no, no, not at all. I, I, I think he's just more of a. I think, I think this is his last year on a contract as well, as well, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But he was good last year. Now you know as well. I think better than his bloody yeah, Titans no, days. In patches, I, I don't know what we picked what, what we picked him up for. Whether it's a hundred grand, one hundred fifty grand, or something like that. But I have a feeling if he if he repeats this year with what he did last year, I have a feeling he may have done enough to possibly get the. Double our contract somewhere else. I'm not sure if the Eels will pay it, but obviously we're getting rid of um, Papa Lee, so maybe he ends up moving. I'll make I'll make a prediction. I reckon um, I reckon Cardi ends up taking Papa Lee's spot, getting a contract renewal, and moving into that left edge spot next year. Mm. Well, big call, and you know it'll be you know hopefully he just gets low minutes this year, and he can be someone you can start you know next year. All right, well, that's the Eels and that's the Chooks. I think they're two very good teams. I think there's a few options in there. You know, that's the thing. There's a lot of options like, you know, Maddo and, and Angus. And, you know, they've been tried and tested options for teams. Someone like IPAP, who was a, you know, a revelation last year. Both of those teams have some good super coach options, you know, for you this year. But like you said, you've got to try to 
get a balancing act and, you know, you've got to try to get your funds for a Cleary or a Turbo and, you know, can you afford to grab a, you know, an Angus? That's the question I guess you've got to ask yourself this year. Certainly makes it very lean in the second row. I think uh, if you go back to the four or five years, anyone that didn't grab sort of a Corey Parker, Gallum and, and Surges to start, you think they're sort of mental. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you're starting the two premium fullbacks and a million bucks to go and look. I'm going to put Aitken in the second row, <laughs> uh, Cotter, and I might put David Fafita in there if I can afford him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I mean, two, 300 or 400K second rowers is just unheard of. And The, the time has just changed, hasn't it? It has. And, you know, that's the thing. We, I'm, I'm in the middle of a dynasty draft and I'm just grabbing these ceiling players, as many ceiling players as I can get. That's the way Supercoach and the game's sort of gone. I do think, though, that this year it might pull it back a little bit. You know, we're doing what kicks for penalty inside the 40-metre zone, which might just slow it down a smidge, I think. I still think players like Turbo and Cleary are going to dominate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've had this discussion with other blokes and I agree to disagree. Like, I think the 10, 15-second rest will make a difference and I can see that, but I just think that the, the repeat set it's at the at the other end of the field, and more the and more the um the the uh and more the attacking factor with fatigue. But we'll wait and see what happens, mate. Yeah, I mean, I think in actual NRL, it'll be you know, I don't know. It probably might take the ball out for a little bit longer, but it's not going to stop. You know, like you said, in the attacking zone, these te- these turbos and clearies are still going to dominate. Yeah, you know, so they're the players that you want to get in your team. Um, well, yeah. it sounds like you're somebody that's going to start with Turbo. I haven't got Turbo in. I've gone the old Teddy and um, Paps, but I've got Cleary. <laughs> yeah, I've, if, look, if Cleary's healthy, I've got Cleary, Turbo and Paps and Grant and Fafita. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I'd love to see the rest of it. It's... I'd love to see the rest of it. Um, I might give you a sneak peek. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've done a few teams. Like that. I mean, currently in my team, I've got Hass, I've got Fafita, I've got Cleary, I've got Teddy and Paps, um, you know, so if, if Cleary wasn't right to go, I'd just go down to one of those middies and I could upgrade Teddy to, to Turbo. And that was my plan. I'm just going to do it with, yeah. with Cleary. The thing with, um, yeah. The, the thing with, um, I was having this discussion with someone the other day. He goes, like, you're an idiot. If you think Turbo is going to average 143, you're a moron. And I said, I know that, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm quite prepared to pay overs and and even if he only school averages 115. But to counter that argument as well, you do realise that the bloke averaged 175 towards the second two-thirds of last year. So based on that form, he's still undervalued by 30 points. That's mm-hmm. a scary thought. So based on the end of last year, this second half of last year, he would actually have to regress 75 points on average and would, to still be better than every other player in the competition. So I'm more than happy to sort of pay an absolute premium to find out what he can or can't do. And if he drops 75 points on average based off his form to 100, so be it. I'll I'll pay a premium and take a a guaranteed 100 100 average and see if everyone else can still find a million bucks for him in four weeks because he's still going to have to drop there. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and, and it can't be understated what value you put on a captain as well. And you can captain turbo, and that's where you get 300s and 350s. The closest, you know, was is Cleary. You might get 200 or 230, but there's scores out of Turbo that when you've got a C on him, that can that can put you out of the out of your year if you don't have him as your captain. 
Yeah, exactly. All Plenty right. of ways to skin a cat, mate. Not going to say one one someone's someone's way of putting a team together is is better or worse than the other. Um, I haven't won it yet, so I'm not saying <laughs> nothing apart from that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I mean, I guess that's the joy of super coach is that, and I I say to people, you know, if you make your team and you make a change, you know, you want to you want to set it up with Turbo, leave it in there for twenty four hours and see how you feel about it. You know, look, open up your team and have a look and see if it feels nice to you. You know, like get to know your team. You know, I've got it now with Cleary in there and I've gone skinny in some of the other places, but I'm getting a feel for what yeah. a, my team looks like with Cleary in it. You know, I would, I would say the other thing, I would say take Turbo out of your team and then try and sleep comfortably. Oh, mate. Can you imagine watching, I mean, if, if, if Turbo is under 10% or 10 or 12% and you're watching him and you're a non-owner, that's going to be something of, of the worst. That's moment. the other that's the other thing I like. Like I was talking, it was the same bloke I was having a discussion. I'm not going to say argument, like a friendly discussion with the other day. And I said, "What? Well, yes, yes, he may not score as well as he did last year. I'm quite aware of that. But isn't it just nice to think that you know you've got the best player in the competition as a 10 percent pod, and if he goes well, 90 percent of the competition are going to have to struggle to try and figure out how to catch up to you." Well, secondly, if he doesn't go so well, you're going to go, oh, well, I'll take a 200K loss for a guaranteed 100 points. Maybe that's, maybe I just need to have, make up elsewhere with Crichton or someone else for the next few weeks. Mm. It's a lot easier than going, fuck, how do I get him? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the that's thing. Just, that's my line. And that's just my line of thought. That's all. Man. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a very valid point. You know, I, I think if you don't, like I said, if you don't have Turbo to start the year, you either break your team to get him in, which we know, you know, is not, you know, not a good thing always. And even then, if, if, is it possible? Because you've got to find 500K from Teddy. So it, it's something that is worth thinking about. And, um, you know, not going to be for everyone, but will, time will tell whether it was a good move or not for people. Yeah. Or put it this way, I'm going to start drinking cognac early until everyone drinks bourbon and cokes to get their own. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Billy, for coming on. It's been good to chat, um, Eels, with you. Some good, you know, information there. I think I'm probably feel confident with Matto, you know, as well. You know, I probably decide still between Curran, Matto, and, and TPJ, but I feel more confident that Matto is going to get good minutes, 70 minutes, and uh, Matto and on his pedigree. I feel, I feel quite confident on him and putting a line through a lot of people. Cause you know, I've seen IPAP written as a, a trap and I was like, well, you can't be a trap because he's a bloody weapon. He is high price, but so answering all of those questions is, is good. I think it'll help people out there. So thanks very much for coming on. Yeah. Nice chatting to you, mate. Been a long time in the making, mate. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, I'm branching out and having some guests on and it was, it was great to chat. Likewise, mate. Invite me back anytime. Nice talking to you, buddy. No worries. Thanks, mate. Billy's team is Paramatta. They don't go very well, unfortunately. Haven't won a premiership in such a long time. Billy's team. Paramatta. Thanks for coming on, Billy. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. You're a dead set legend.